0: church today but I came to church today I'm glad if you're watching online that you're watching whenever that is happening because um, I, you know this is true every week but I think especially true today that there's a very specific agenda from God in this space and it's an exciting one Hans already said it we've already sang it it's freedom <laughs> Nobody knows what slavery feels like, huh? We don't want to admit it, but if we knew what it actually felt like, we'd be jumping for joy. We got to be aware of what it means to be in bondage so that we can know what it means to be free, and I'm here to convince you today. Um, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing, and we, we just again declare In our hearts and with our lips that you are in all authority in heaven and on earth. And today we stand in your authority. You've given us your name. And so we speak to anything that wants to try to undermine that authority. And we do say, as the scriptures say, bow to Jesus. Thank you for freedom in this place. Jesus' name, amen. Sam, we're going to pray one more time, so just hang with me while we read the scriptures, okay? Sam was so excited I prayed early today. He was like, I'm about to get out. I caught you. I knew what you were thinking. Um, We're going to read the scripture today. Um, We're going to read one scripture, and it's going to anchor us today. And if you will, would you just stand with me one more time as we read? You're going to read Galatians 5 verse 1 and it says this it is for freedom it is for freedom that Christ has set us free stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery Let's read this verse one more time. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Jesus, thank you for your word. Would it awaken our hearts to the truth that sets us free? Thank you that we find you in your word. Arrest our hearts today by your presence, Lord. And Lord, I ask very specifically, very biblically, that you would pour out your oil on this place today. Your oil of anointing. We yield ourselves to you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, You may be seated. Sam, that's your cue. Can everybody thank Sam and make this more awkward for him than it already is? Paul says something powerful. It is for freedom that Jesus has set you free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free now I don't know about you when I read that I'm like Paul aren't you stating the obvious here it's for McDonald's that I went to McDonald's I love my wife because I love my wife Paul is stating the obvious it is for freedom that Christ has set you free in other words it is for freedom's sake that you are free. My heart's pounding right now. I'm so excited to preach. Bless you with the word of God today. Paul is stating something that is self evident, isn't it? Well, if Christ has set us free, isn't it self evident that he wants us to live free? So why in the world is Paul saying this? He's stating the obvious. We have an eloquent word in the English language that would describe this. It's three letters. Duh. <laughs> Thank you. I worked on that one. I literally Googled. I Googled. What? Th- th- this, this. Never mind. What Paul is doing, we would respond and say, duh, of course, Paul. Obviously, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Then why in the world is Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writing this? Why is he trying to convince these people who have been set free that they should fix their minds on what it means to actually be free? What he's addressing here is actually something that's heartbreaking. And devastating. Jesus has set these Galatians free. Remember, this is a letter to a group of people. And Paul is addressing something in their midst. And Jesus has set them free. Paul is saying, you have been set free. And they received this freedom he purchased by faith. Jesus purchased their freedom And they received this free gift by faith. And they've received liberty from the law of sin and death. And we just sang it. We just celebrated it. Would he not say the same thing to us? You are free. And it is for freedom's sake that you've been set free. But here's the reality of why Paul is writing this. They're free, but they are not living as though they are free. The freedom that's available for them in their real, practical, day-to-day life they're not accessing. There are areas where it's more convenient for them to live enslaved. It's more familiar to them. It's more comforting for them to actually live in bondage. And Paul is like, guys, don't forget, he set you free. Don't forget, it's for freedom that he's set you free. There's a certain security, isn't there, sometimes? They found it in the thing that they were familiar with, that Jesus actually liberated them from. We see this in the story of, or the stories of people who have been incarcerated. Have seen the movie Shawshank Redemption? Red. Come on, Shawshank fans. Morgan Freeman, he's in prison for 40 years, and he gets out. He's free, the thing that he longed for and fantasized for, for years, and he gets out. He's free, but he does not know how to walk in his freedom. And so you see this montage of him fantasizing about how he can get back in prison. He's so conditioned to the familiarity and the comfort and security that he found in slavery that he did not know how to operate in freedom. And once he got free, his mind was fixed on getting back into slavery. Now, none of us would categorize it this way in our lives, but this is why Paul is writing them. You've been set free from the thing that has been haunting you and shackling you for your entire life. Now live. Free. This is powerful what Paul is saying. In the movie and in this type, we see that the chains of bondage offered more security to the human condition than freedom did. It's for freedom. Can everybody say freedom? freedom. It's for freedom. Freedom. That Jesus has set you and I free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This is a burden that I'm feeling, not the burden of slavery. (laughs) Those are too close together in my notes. What Paul is talking about here is a burden that I'm feeling more and more and more in the age that we live. We have freedom in Jesus But if we inspect our lives, and if we're honest, we'd find areas that are yet to live in that freedom. Is there any other honest people in here? And I'm not just talking about feelings of freedom. We know what anxiety and fear feels like, right? Bondage emotionally and physically at times. I'm not just talking about feelings of freedom. I'm talking about practical areas in our lives that are yet to taste the freedom that we have in Jesus. Very specific areas in our lives. It's for freedom's sake that you've been set free. In other words, for freedom in this area, and freedom in this area, and freedom in this area. And I really feel the burden of God over the next few weeks to target some of the areas in our lives that go unchecked, that remain in confusion, that remain enslaved. Last year in summertime, I wanted to do a series called Good Design. And I did two intro messages for this series because I just couldn't get into. I didn't feel the release from the spirit to start speaking about these things. And the things that I felt we should speak on, that I thought we should speak on, are money, sex, and power. I've never, as far as I can remember, don't call me a liar, as far as I can remember, (laughs) done a topical series before. But there's too much bondage in these areas in our lives that are keeping us enslaved. When Paul would come and say to us, it's for freedom in your money that he set you free. It's for freedom in your mind that you've been set free. It's for freedom in your body, in your sexual desires that you've been set free. It's for freedom in your desire, propensity to seek influence and power and prestige. None of these things are wrong. In fact, there's a good design for all of them. But if we're not living in freedom, Freedom in them, we're not living in his design for them. It's for freedom that you've been set free. So for the next few weeks, probably into Christmas, we're going to be leaning into these things. We're going to be targeting these things because it is for freedom in these things that Jesus has set you free. Practical areas in our lives that, oh, I am so excited After sitting in his word and communing with him by his spirit, you and I, this community, is gonna live in freedom. Oh, I cannot wait. This is something I've been praying on for a long time, and I feel like God is saying now's the time, and it's been confirmed this morning. It's for freedom that you have been set free. Thank you, Brazilians. (laughs) We're going to take aim. We're going to go to war. The Bible calls these things strongholds, right? Patterns of thinking that aren't letting you live free. And they're called strongholds for a reason because they have a stronghold. I've taught through strongholds before. I'm not going to do that again. But they have a stronghold. But it's not a hold that Jesus hasn't broken. Amen. If you feel like, I'm going to just preach today if I can. If you feel like there's a hold on your life that you cannot be set free from, tell yourself the truth. Today, you need to know that you are free if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Or if it's not like read from Shawshank Redemption, it's like a bird in a beautiful cage. That bird has found home and safety and refuge in that cage. And then someone one day comes and opens that beautiful cage but the bird doesn't know that the door is open. The bird doesn't know that there's life outside this place, but the door is open. And for some of us, you don't know that there's another option. You don't know that there's a a greater freedom than you've experienced. There's something more for you in the life that Jesus has invited you into. And for that, I am so excited for you because I get to be the bearer of good news. To say the thing that you've been struggling with and wrestling with, thinking that there's no hope, there is hope, that cage is open and you can fly out. It is for freedom that you've been set free. The cage is open and it's time to fly. Come on. This is how many of us are living though. The cage is familiar and comfortable and safe and and predictable. But it's not free. And Many of us in this place, we know we're free. We're going to get that answer on the test right since we were four years old in Sunday school. Like I'm free. Jesus' blood has set me free, but we don't know how to live free. Here's what Jesus says about this in John 8. It's already been quoted today. Says this in verse 31, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. In other words, there are many people that think they're my disciples because they like what I have to say, but they don't follow what I have to say. If you really want to be my disciple, you need to hold to my teaching. Let's just feel good when we sing nice songs on Sunday. Like, investigate what the God man Jesus said. And bend your life towards it. Follow him no matter the cost. That's really the disciple. Verse 32, then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. Don't you know who we are? We have never been slaves of anyone." How can you say, listen to the gall, how can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son capital S, sets you free. You will be free indeed. There Jesus goes again, just like Paul. He's saying, here's your idea of freedom, but let me add this word indeed at the end to give you my idea of freedom. You think you've been free in your life because you've had liberty to do what you want, how you want, when you want? He says, that's not freedom. If there's sin in the mix anywhere, you're a slave to that thing. I'm going to show you what freedom looks like, and it's free indeed. Not this ideal that social media puts in front of you. Or that your peers say, you should do this, and you should try this. You should experiment over here. Liberty. <laughs> no. Jesus, th- These guys... We're sons of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. That's confusing to me because I grew up understanding we were in 400 years of slavery. I don't know about that. But in their minds, but listen to irony here. In their minds, they're like, we're not a slave to anyone. My parents don't tell me what to do anymore. I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm a social media influencer. I do what I want, when I want, how I want. And Jesus is like, if any of your actions are influenced by this world we live in that is sinful, out there and in here, you are a slave to that thing. You, just as Hans said, you don't know that you've been driven by fear towards that. It might look like success, but it's been driven by fear. And Jesus says, I want to release you from that. Free Indeed. And Jesus says, "The way that you walk into freedom is by holding to my teachings." This is powerful. Meaning, it's not just a feeling. Yeah, Here's some good news: if you're inundated with in with anxiety and you follow that feeling and allow that feeling to determine the course of your life, God will show you another way in Jesus. You don't have to follow the feeling. Even if the feeling creeps up in in your day, Jesus has an antidote for it, and guess what? It's not another feeling. It's his ways. It's his teachings, and your feelings will follow. Many of us are a slave to our feelings. When anxiety or fear comes up, when depression sets in, we think that is the descriptor of our life. The thing that is dictating what our life looks like and Jesus says, listen, that is something I've set you free from. Many of us follow the feeling that we're not free, but it's not the truth. He says it's the truth that will set you free. And if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Freedom must be practiced. Freedom is not a feeling, it is a practice. Jesus says, Follow my teachings, and this will set you free. Many of us think freedom is just a feeling. Do I feel free or not? I don't know. Jesus says, Paul says, You are free. You cannot argue with what he says because he is truth. So now, follow my teachings. And as you do, you will walk in freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Freedom must be practiced because freedom is practical. It's not just a state of being. It is a practice. You could be out of that cage, but fantasizing about the cage. You're not free, but you are. You got to practice what it means to live outside. And here's some good news we get a mentor, we get somebody to follow. You're not on your own trying to navigate this big, open, wide world. We have someone to follow. He doesn't just set you free. He shows you how to live free. He's not just your savior. He's not just your friend. He's your teacher. He's your rabbi. He's your example. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about him. Not many people are too excited about that. Let me break this down for you so you can follow me. We've just described how our lives are bent, focused, and we fantasize about the things that God has released us from. Because we don't know how to live free. We don't know what it looks like out here. All we've known are these thoughts and patterns and ideas. And the scriptures tell us to put off that self and to put on what? Christ. We have a mentor. We have a leader. We have a rabbi. We have a teacher. And he says, follow my teachings and this will be the life that you've always dreamed of. You have to have vision for freedom. And this world is trying to sell you a vision of freedom that is a fraud. It's fraudulent, it's not real. We have a vision for freedom and our vision is a person. And his name is Jesus. This is why he came, not just to set us free, although he did that beautifully and perfectly, he came to show us how to live free. Not only that, he left, went to the Father so the Advocate could come. And the Advocate advocates for freedom. Paul says it very clearly, the spirit and the flesh are at enmity with each other. Keep in step, follow the spirit, which is the presence of Jesus, and you will not gratify to the desires of the flesh. And here's what I mean prison's back there, slavery's back there, everything in me is conditioned to run back here for comfort and security. That's called the desires of the flesh, Paul says in Galatians. But you've been given this spirit that resists and rejects that and leads you somewhere else, to liberty. And here's the fruit of the spirit. As you keep in step with him, the fruit of your life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, Help? Goodness. Thank you. Um, faithfulness. There you go. That's nine. There you go. Thank you. Someone was going to bail me out. We have someone to follow. We have a vision for freedom, and it's in you. Jesus says, I got to go. So you can have a vision for freedom that's in you. You don't need to follow a man around everywhere. You can follow the man who is in you everywhere. It's for freedom that the spirit testifies day after day, night after night to your spirit about what it really means to live in him. It's for freedom that he set you free and he gave you a vision of freedom, not just the man who walked the earth 2,000 years ago. Oh, that was a perfect vision. Don't get me wrong but he gave us the Holy Spirit to testify to that vision. He gave us the word of God so that we have the teachings of Jesus that we can follow so you can walk into freedom. Oh, it is for freedom that you've been set free. Does anybody want this life? Woo! Anybody who sins is a slave to sin, Jesus says. When Jesus came to release us from the obligation and the debt of sin and show us a vision of freedom. And he says, guess what? It's a narrow road. There are things that you have to deny. There's things that you have to resist. But praise God, because that road leads to life. The question is, do you want life or death? If you want life, it's not found in your path or the world's. It's found in his And it's going to have consequence, meaning you're going to have to deny things. But the good news is that the things you're denying are only leading you back to slavery. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. If it's good, it's from Him. You hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This all starts with not wanting to go back. We know the narrative, right? In the Torah, the children of Israel, they wrestled and toiled, they fought with God and they didn't trust him, they didn't know him, and so their hearts were bent on what they came from. like the place where they got whipped and chained, but at least they had food. At least they had this. At least they had that. Meanwhile, God's over here sending them manna every day, quail, water from a rock. But their minds were so deceived that they thought that was a better life because they couldn't see what God was doing. They didn't recognize this God that he was leading them into the identity that he had for them. They didn't know. They, didn't, they couldn't see it. But God knew what he was doing, and he knew that wouldn't be enough, so he sent Jesus so we'd have something to see. But the same human condition works in us that was working in them. That we fantasize. We fantasize about something over there, over there, or back there. And the more we focus and fix our minds on that thing, thinking that God wants to rob us of something, the more our lives will be enslaved to that thing. And does that not fit the categories of money or what money can do for us? Does that not fit the categories of, of desire and sex and relationship? Does not fit the categories of if I just got this position or if I just held this influence? Is that not a buzzword in our day? If I just held this influence, meaning power, what could I do? And so we fantasize about these things, and Jesus is like, no, 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 I've got a different version of that. And it looks like freedom. Jesus taught about money. He taught about sex. He taught about power. He taught about the body. We need to know the beautiful vision that he has for us in those things so that we can reject the antithesis and reject the opposite. Many of us are caught in the tension of, I know I'm not supposed to be doing that, but what am I supposed to be doing? There's been a foundation in this community, in this church of the gospel for many years now. It's time we know how to practice it in our real life. I'm not going topical because I think it's convenient and buzzy and people are going to come because we're talking about sex. No, I'm going there because there's hidden things in our life that Jesus has set us free from and he wants us to walk in freedom. There's too many marriages. There's too many single people that are suffering because of things that we're confused about. He has a vision for you. Too many people spending 50, 60 years of their life trying to accumulate money because of what they think it will do. And then you die and it's gone. Jesus says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where, where moth and rust it's destroyed. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus, how does that work with the vision of wanting a nice house and wanting money in a bank account and security? Well, Hans told us already. They're not in opposition to each other. All we have to know is what freedom looks like for the next few weeks we're gonna get after this it's just an intro message by the way we get caught don't we fantasizing I don't mean caught like gotcha caught I mean like fishing line caught we get caught fantasizing about things that seem to feel good and secure and liberating But it's all this voice of slavery enticing you back to what you've been set free from. Freedom is not first a feeling. Freedom is a person. Jesus is the only human in history to truly live free. And he is the only one that can set you free. And he's the only one that can show you how to live free. This is the point of Christianity. This is the entire point. He made humanity to live in a beautiful gift. His creation in communion with God. Freedom. Compromised by sin, we became enslaved to it. And Jesus came to redeem that. To restore it. But he says, I'm not going to follow you. That's what screwed everything up in the first place. You need to follow me because I am the epitome of freedom, the epitome of humanity. I am what it means to be human. Follow me and you will live free. Gloria a Dios. Amen. Your feelings will deceive you and cause you to settle for less. Anybody been there before? There's so many people in this room who have denied their feelings, the cravings of the flesh, and are living in more freedom than they ever imagined. Like, I'm amongst people, the family of God, who have shown me an example. And we look at each other and and we see while one of the hardest things in life was for you to deny that thing over and over and over again, (laughs) But now I see the fruit of your life, the result of it. This is the beauty of the body of Christ. We get examples of Christ's ministry and leadership all around us. So I can look on the front row and be inspired. Oh, that's what looks like following Jesus. I want that life. That's why Paul says, follow me as I follow him. If you put into practice the things that you saw in me, you will be at peace. Peace. I am so encouraged by the family of God that's around me because I'm amongst people who have denied certain things. But it's not unto denial and like, like living this life of poverty. It's denying the flesh unto something greater, which is His Spirit. I want to know what the fullness of that looks like. So, if you've been around for any minute in our church, you know we have this language. We will not settle for anything less than the fullness of God. And his first and primary promise is freedom. We will not settle for any area in our heart that is enslaved. Oh, don't settle. Don't settle. There are people all around that you can go and interview and ask, hear their testimony, they didn't settle, and now they're walking in freedom. And they find the fruit of that, and they're like, okay, what else am I living enslaved to? What else can I think about? What else can I have conversation about? What else can I sit down and ask Brandon about? I'm locked up here, but I know you've had freedom here. I need to come seek it out. Tell me what you saw in Jesus that I need to see in my life. We will not settle for anything less than the fullness of the promise of God. It's this verse. It's exactly what Jesus said. If Jesus has set us free, I should say what Paul said, if Jesus has set us free, then we're going to live in nothing less than freedom. And in that, we have to refuse mindsets of slavery. When we find areas in our life that look more like slavery than sonship, we have to refuse them. We have to. Hear me. In principle, we have to refuse them. We have to reject them in principle. Hear me. This is where good theology will save your life. Brandon opened our service by saying we are no longer slaves, but we are sons and daughters because we're children of God. Those who he's adopted, we now have an inheritance in him. And it's the spirit that's in us, Romans 8, that cries out, Abba, Father. That's the spirit that we're trained by. Now, if there's another spirit, the spirit of the air, that pulls you into desire of the flesh, that thing might sound like the only voice in the world. But you identify it as slavery, and though it feels so amazing, and so enticing, you reject it in principle. Oh, I want to save some people. Stop following your feelings. Stop following, start following his teachings. You might not feel it, but he said it. And if he said it, he will back it up. Reject slavery in principle. Find the areas of your life that you're being pulled around by and say, Stop. I am free. And then you're going to try again. And then you say, Stop again. I am free. Do not grow weary in well doing. For in the right season, you will bear, reap a harvest. Come on, we got to follow. To be free is the power to make a choice. And to not have that choice made for you. The definition of freedom Jesus never forced us to choose him. But he made it possible, and he made every way by his blood and his sacrifice for us to be able to choose him. But it's not just once, it's not just faith in his finished work on the cross. It's continuing to choose him day after day, moment after moment. When something else is trying to pull your choice away, you say, no, I don't have to be pulled by that because I have freedom to choose. And today I choose him. That's what we receive in Jesus. Sin is no longer our master. We get to choose. In sin, the choice was made for us long before us. It's called original sin, and it wreaked havoc on humanity. And that's the world that we were born into. That's the family we were born into. That's the heritage you have. But Jesus came to set us free, and in him we have a new heritage. We are adopted as sons and daughters into his family. Some of us are choosing, this is going to be a hard one, some of us are choosing to stay in bondage, in chains. I need you to hear me today, and I say this with love. And your choice looks like this, sounds like this. I don't have a choice. It's what you say, whether explicitly or implicitly. This thing happened to me. I don't have a choice. This is my trauma. It's now dictating my choice. This is how I was raised. These are my genetics. I don't have a choice. Tell that to the gospel. Look Jesus in the face and tell him that. Consider his brutal death that he died on the cross, his blood shed for you to relieve you from bondage to sin. Tell that man that you don't have a choice. Oh, we have freedom in him. Don't argue. With the risen Christ. He proved it. If you're ever tempted to think, I don't have a choice, this happened to me, this was predetermined, no. For those who the Son has set free are free indeed. Not just those without trauma or addiction, no. Everyone. 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 You are free. Prophet Elijah looked at a bunch of prophets, false prophets, prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And he told them, Stop wavering between two opinions. If Yahweh is God, then serve him. If Baal is God, then serve him. You and I need to be confronted. Stop wavering between whether or not you're free. You're free. If you have placed your faith, your trust, your hope in Jesus Christ, his perfect and finished sacrifice for you, blood shed on the cross, you believe that he died, he was buried, and he resurrected again in three days, ascended to the Father, now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. If you believe that with your life, you are free. There's nothing that you can do to become more free than that. There's nothing you can do to become less free than that. The question you have to ask is, was Jesus' sacrifice good enough? Is he sufficient? Now, from what I know in the scripture, it says it was perfect. It was complete. It was one sacrifice to end all sacrifice. His perfect, sinless, spotless blood was shed for you and I. So that we could have this conversation today and I could tell you with the deepest conviction of my heart, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that you are free. But now you get to make a choice. What do you want? Do you want to live in freedom or do you want to live in slavery? Remember, you might feel like you don't have a choice, but freedom isn't a feeling. Freedom is a person. So don't follow the feeling. Follow the person. You have to identify slavery. But the only way you can identify slavery is when you first identify freedom. Remember these boys, these disciples, thought they were free. And Jesus is like, you're looking at freedom, bud. (laughs) What you got going over there is not freedom. Abraham pointed to me. Moses pointed to me. Elijah pointed to me. All the things that you find in them, thinking that they're great. No, they point to me. Every longing of your heart that moves towards slavery points to him. Every desire that you have in you points to him. And it's not until you find him that those things can be satisfied. Jesus didn't come to rebuke them. He came to show them a vision of freedom to say, what you're working with there is not it compared to this. Jesus doesn't ask you to put away slavery until he shows you what freedom is. We need a vision of Jesus. We need something that we can't unsee. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. You're literally haunted by this ghost for the rest of your life. You will not be satisfied with anything less than what he advocates for. Praise God for the haunting of the Holy Ghost. I pray that often. I'm playing Holy Spirit, would you haunt this person with your presence? I often, I often pray it. One of the most spiritual things I can pray. Like the Holy Ghost. Tap, tap, tap. That's not free. Looks fun, doesn't it? Oh, fine, okay, I want you, yes. But for real, let's be honest. This is how it works. We need a vision that we can't unsee so that we can recognize the opposite. I, can't, I don't want to touch that stuff anymore because I know what freedom feels like. It's not about being sin conscious. It's about being Jesus conscious. So then we can identify the opposite. We need a vision for freedom so we can recognize slavery. And we hold up a standard. Not a doctrine. Not a law. A person. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Ben, you can come back up. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Listen to the next sentence. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Listen to this language. Do not let yourselves be burdened. Whose choice is it? It's the gospel right here. If there's a burden of slavery after you've been set free, the person that's got to own it is you. And Paul is not being rude by saying this. He's saying it full of love. You have the power to make a choice because of the Holy Spirit that is in you. Do not let yourself be burdened by a yoke of slavery. It might feel like you're being pulled around by your desires, that your desires are making the choice for you. That's why, again, they're called strongholds. They have a stronghold. But the truth will set you free. We have a weapon of warfare, and it is truth. You are not a slave to your thoughts anymore. In Jesus, your thoughts are a slave to you. That's why Paul tells us to take captive, like a slave, like a prisoner of war, every thought, and make it obedient to Christ. You're not a slave to your thoughts. Your thoughts are a slave to you. That's not just tweetable preaching. That is the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He uses this language, Paul. He says, Being burdened again. Don't go being burdened again by yoker slavery. I Meaning, once you've been set free, you cannot be re enslaved. His blood is too precious. Can I just say that again? His blood is too precious. He thought enough about you being enslaved, shackled, that he came and he died a brutal death. Shed his blood because he knew, being truth, he knew that this was the only way. But he did it. Long before you and I were conscious, he did it. Don't be burdened again by slavery because his sacrifice is enough to set you free. So don't go burden yourselves again with it. And specifically in Galatians 5, he's talking about Jews going back to dependency on the law instead of walking by the Spirit. Most of us wouldn't have this story, but there's relevance for us. And for that relevance, we look to Jada Pinkett Smith. You guys, I can't, can we have some levity in here? I'm going to tell you, if you don't know who that is, Fresh Prince married Will Smith. Okay, fine. You guys are not. Am I in the wrong generation? I know, right? Where's Ryan going with this? Okay, all right. Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> I love this. I I, I honestly, I'm going to have a like a parenthetical moment I felt the Lord asked me to share this with you I mean it a number of years ago rumors came out about their marriage Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith rumors that she was having an affair and she sat down on her talk show and she said something about this affair she says me and this r and singer got in an entanglement and everybody's like come on just call it what it is you had an affair you cheated on your husband you're in an extramarital relationship just call it what it is but she called it an entanglement we're like what a sissy word <laughs> like why don't you take responsibility and like stop using this like my headphones get entangled in my pocket that's not what was happening there <laughs> like you made a choice you didn't get entangled like it But she was actually onto something and she didn't even know it. Because that's the exact Greek word that Paul used to say, don't be burdened again. He said, don't let yourself get entangled. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not entangle yourselves again with a yoke of slavery. The definition of entanglement is this, a complicated or difficult relationship or situation. We've been set free, but we still got a difficult relationship with money. We still got a difficult, entangled relationship with our sexual desires, with a desire for prestige and power and influence. We got a complicated relationship with our own bodies. But Paul says, You've been set free. Therefore, you don't need to have an entangled relationship with these things anymore. Don't entangle yourselves. Don't complicate what Jesus has made simple. Now, I'm not saying this is easy. We've got years of neurology and trauma and family history and generational curses and all this stuff. It's not easy, but it is simple. It may be the fight of your life but you already have victory in Jesus. Shay, can you lead us in a clap? There you go, come on. Shame the devil. Don't let yourselves get entangled again. So for the next few weeks, We're going to take that weird headphone out of our pocket that's entangled and we're going to spend time untangling it. Freedom is practical and freedom must be practiced. I'm telling you, for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about money. Oh, because we practice money every day, don't we? But we don't practice freedom in money. Paul doesn't say, stop sinning. Other places he does, but not here. <laughs> Paul doesn't say, stop sinning, because you need to prove Jesus right. Like I talk to my kids, can you show everybody that I'm a good parent by behaving yourself? <laughs> Paul is not saying that. Although us believing and walking in truth gives him glory, but Paul's saying it for our benefit. He's saying, don't you know how good your parents are? Don't you know how good your father is? Act like it. You have everything you need in him. Stop being cross-eyed as you walk through life thinking that that's going to satisfy today and then that tomorrow. No, you have everything you need in him. Now walk like it. Don't let a gust of wind blow you over. You have security in your Father. It's for freedom that he set you free. Paul says you're free. You don't do this anymore. It's not how free people think. Don't submit yourself to it anymore. Jesus paid it all. Receive what he paid for. It's this free gift of grace, grace that not just covers your sin. Praise God. But it's grace that empowers you to rise above it. Oh, that's what he gave us on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. We're free. Can you just say, I'm free? And if that's the first time you said it, this is the moment that you first believe that Jesus is who he is, you're free. We're free, but we still have entangled relationships, just like Jada. <laughs> we like to point over there and be like, ha ha, that's weird. Ours just aren't public. It's scandalous for some of us. But let's be honest here. And if we're not confronting these things, then we're never going to be able to see what freedom really is. Entangled relationships with money and sex and power. Am I allowed to say sex in church? <laughs> How many scandals have we seen? in the church around these areas. Free people still entangled. And those are just the public ones. What about here? That no one's ever going to know about, but you know about how, how much slavery you feel to that addiction, to that person, having to wake up every day, slave away because of an ideal that Jesus wants to set you free from. Jesus has good and beautiful things designed for all of those areas. He has freedom in them, hear me, not freedom from them. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. My question for you today is this, do you want this? It's not a rhetorical question. Do you want this? Do you want the fullness of what he purchased for you? Give your life to him. Stop following the world and start following him. Do you want to get unentangled? That doesn't work. Detangled? Yeah, you're like thinking hairspray, detangler, yeah. I have a little daughter, I should know this. Do you want to get detangled in your relationship with money? Because he he said a lot of things about money that we can follow him in. Do you want to get detangled in your relationship with sex? <laughs> Nobody's nodding. <laughs> do you want to get de- <laughs> do you want to get detangled in your relationship with power? Power might be the wrong word to use for you, but it is. It's the right one. Because he gave us an example of what true power was. And there's a world that tells you something different, that you should pursue it. Do you want these things? I need to know. If you do, I want you to prepare your heart. I want you to prepare your heart for the next number of weeks. Don't come cold next week. Spend your entire week saying, God, I'm here for it. I want freedom. Can you agree with me? Gone are the days when we show up on Sunday waiting. No, you know what's coming. Ryan's going into sermon series. Praise God. And I told you already for the next four weeks, God willing, God willing, we're going to talk about money. So just yield your heart to him. And any shame that comes up, give it to him. Any insecurity that comes up, give it to him. Any, any thoughts of I missed out or I lost out, give it to him. And he's going to speak to every piece of your heart that is still living enslaved. And we're going to walk into freedom as a community, as a church, as the body of Christ. And here's what. We're going to show everybody else what it looks like to live free. You are the light of the world. And the only reason we wouldn't display ourselves as light is because we're not free. Or at least we don't act like it. How could a free person ever say no to want to give freedom away? So prepare your heart. I want you to hear me real quick. Say yes to God in prayer this week. I want you to pray and I want you to meditate on his truth, the truth, and I want you to meditate on his authority. We're going to partner in the next few weeks. And you, by the grace of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit, and the truth of Jesus Christ will be unbound from the things that have wanted to enslave you in Jesus name you guys ready Paul says it's for freedom's sake that Christ has set you free stand firm then And don't be burdened again by the yoke of slavery just prophetically we do this often but i want to make a distinction today if you're saying yes to this yes to pray and to seek him this week i just want you to stand in this moment only if you're saying yes prophetically i just want you to stand i want to be free stand therefore This is a prophetic act. Stand therefore and do not be burdened again by the yoke of slavery.